0: my Welcome to the panel, Wallace Chapman here Kia mau, tono mai, koutou katoa Coming up on the programme More allegations have surfaced regarding new Tauranga National MP Sam Offendale From a woman who flattered with him at university What needs to change with regard to selecting candidates? Dr Lara Greaves joins us today The government has announced changes to NCEA and UE, recognising the challenges of COVID. We talk about that. And cycling on Auckland's Harbour Bridge might be reconsidered. Could cycling on the bridge happen at last? Would you use it? Text me, 2101. And New Zealand's only dedicated left-hand store opens. If you're left-handed, what are you most need of? Left-handed scissors? Can opener, what is just a bit harder about daily life being left handed? Get in touch. Two one zero one. We can email the panel at rnz.co Now, by the way, you can listen to the panel free on Apple, Spotify, iHeart or wherever you get your podcasts. You can head to rnz.co.nz forward slash the panel and the episodes daily are there. With me today, Vic McLennan, the CEO of IT Professionals, Governance Advisor and Equity Advocate. Vic, welcome to the panel.
1: Kia ora Wallace, thanks for having me back.
0: Pleasure to have you on the show and also Jack Yan, publisher and designer. Kia ora Jack, good to have you here. Te
2: Wallace, great to be back.
0: Well two days out from the cut off candidate applications, many councils are still without the bare minimum of candidates needed to fill their vacancies. That's two days out. As... Of a couple of days ago, for example, the Greater Wellington Regional Council had only received one nomination to fill five vacancies for its Pawneke constituency. Otago Regional Council, five candidates for all 12 seats. Might have changed. He's often a rush at the end. Still, local government consultant Peter McKinley is with us. Peter, kia ora. Kia ora Ross. This is quite an extraordinary scenario, is it not? Where the hell are the candidates?
3: wandering around, deciding not to stand, I suspect. Yeah. And in a number of instances, for quite understandable reasons, Mm. Uh, one of them is the complete uncertainty affecting local government at the moment from the impact of a number of major government-initiated reforms. So Three Waters, RMA, and a number of others. So for many people, it's very, very hard to tell what it is you'll actually be standing for. And I've had people tell me, yes, in their councils, uh, they've talked to candidates who said, no, not with three waters, we just, you know, just too much trouble.
0: Is that right? Is that significant? It might be seen as a barrier. Um, one that uh, has obviously been flagged, Peter, is the safety concerns these days of being a local candidate.
3: That's another issue, and it seems to affect virtually everyone in public life these days but a number of candidates or potential candidates, existing councillors have had not just uh, abuse across social media, but actual and serious death threats. Uh, So there's something in the nation's culture which is getting in the way as well. Uh, And hopefully that will be addressed over time. But it's a tough one.
0: It's pretty serious, I mean look at this, two days out not enough cash, shall we get, bringing our panellists to see what they think about this, Vic
1: Well fundamentally I think one of the challenges is how um, society's not really engaging in local government, look at how low the voter turnout has been in recent years and then I guess the second thing is how public your life becomes if you run for council and how personal that gets and who would want to do it I I wouldn't want to be an MP either
3: (laughs) There's a whole bunch of things going on there First, if you look globally the extent to which people vote in local government elections tends to be a function of how much confidence they have in councils and how much sense of ownership they have and too often councils in New Zealand have been distanced from their communities Uh, typically not very very good It's engaging but that goes back to another and very important issue and that is that the governance arrangements for councils are at the moment quite dysfunctional they haven't been examined since the reforms of the late 1980s when being a council was a very simple job it's now a very complex job it's turned into a full-time job which in many councils becomes too much like a box ticking job and not like a governing job. Uh. So what we're missing out, in a way, uh, local government through iteration over a number of years, not through any deliberate intent, has got away from providing the kind of leadership that would have communities more actively involved. Jack, no exceptions.
2: Jack, let's bring you in and, yeah. and didn't you stand as a candidate once? I did, I did it twice too and I must say the 2013 one was more toxic when it came to social media Was it? Uh, absolutely, I definitely noticed a little bit more of a racist undercurrent in the second one uh, which is disappointing mm. The other thing too is of course the money you need to spend to actually campaign Peter, do you think that's part of it? Because you know, you do have to fork out thousands
3: to do it I, I'm sure that influences some people But I think the deeper influences are things like, if you look at the governance arrangements and you have a governance background yourself, you'll conclude that this is not a governance job. Mm -hmm. And I've had many people say that to me. If you look at the compliance requirements that now face elected members, um, that that in itself has become a turn-off. Things like the long-term plan and Everything that accompanies it mm. really reduces the role of councillors from being strategic leaders to some kind of cipher, and mm. that's another factor that people in local government identify as a real turnoff. Can I br-
0: can own- I bring can I bring in another one, Peter? While we've got the time, as a real turnoff. We had Anna Dean, panelist uh, on uh, the panel about two weeks ago. She was thinking of standing in the Nelson area. Uh, she, then she looked at the pay, forty two thousand dollars, and. She just balked at that. She said she couldn't sustain her life or a a, a life on that
3: sort of salary. That's important, but it's a function of something else. If the governance arrangements for as governing bodies were brought up to date and were fit for purpose, instead of being the full-time job, which being a councillor is, it would probably require a maximum of 20 hours a week, like any major board. So the, the whole business of the nature of the work, who makes what decisions, councils getting troubled by uh, approvals of grants of $5,000 to something or $10,000 to something else, which ought to be delegated to competent staff. Those kinds of things crowd the time and mean that you cannot typically combine it with a career. Mm. And that shuts out a lot of people. Better governance arrangements would bring those people back in.
2: Peter, too, do you think media bias goes something with it? I mean, will people get a fair go in the media? Because, <laughs> I mean, according to the Million Post on the front page, I have an accent. I'm quite hard to understand. So, you know, do, do people get a fair go?
0: <laughs> well,
2: well, is that what was quoted? It was. Uh, it speaks with an accent or something like that. So, I, I, I don't yeah. know. I guess that they don't like Wellington accents in the Don Post. Good.
3: <laughs> I, I think we do have a significant problem with the media generally in New Zealand that it's difficult for people to develop the specialist expertise in areas like mm-hmm. local government so that what you get when people report on local government is you go for the crowd-pleaser of the council scandal or the fact that they spent $25 on morning tea for something, <laughs> rather <laughs> than digging deeply into what are the issues of governance for right. this community. I personally believe that local government ought to be the most important level of governance mm. in New Zealand. There you go. Quite and a it uh, has the potential to be that, but it's not being exercised. Yeah.
0: Hey, Peter, it's lovely to have you on the program. Kia ora. Thank you for explaining uh, that. That's Peter McKinley, a local a government consultant. And two days out are you thinking of running I'd love to hear from you get in touch text me two one zero one. meanwhile a lot of responses regarding uh, left handed issues we talk about that amazing how about left handed books to write in so on the second page your hand is not on the binding it was an issue at school does not help the smudging of what you've written through okay time for I've been thinking Vic McLennan I've been thinking take it away
1: well I've been thinking about awards and recognition of achievement here in Aotearoa New Zealand. On Friday night I went to the High Tech Awards where my charity Digital Future Aotearoa was a finalist and it was a fantastic event and when I was queuing up for a glass of bubbly a young woman I'd never met before came up to me and thanked me. She told me that I was one of the reasons she does what she does today and that she'd heard me speak a couple of times when she was younger and I'd inspired her and I nearly cried. She went well. on to win an award later on um, in the Night and I really did qui- cry quietly. Then, now I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here, but I won a lifetime achievement award earlier this year. For my oh, con- congratulations! Thank you for my contribution to business and technology, and that was lovely. But hearing firsthand from someone how I touched her life, I think is infinitely more powerful. So I've been thinking about our Paul, tall poppy syndrome and how those who deserve recognition won't put their hands up and um, and won't ask to be awarded. And culturally, how we're really quick to complain and speak negatively and criticise and we should just reorient that and compliment people and recognise achievement so from now on I'm going to make a real mission to say to anyone who's had any positive impact in my life how wonderful they've been and I think everyone else should try that as well
0: Oh lovely, um, lovely I've been thinking Vic Um, Do we have at all poppy syndrome, really?
1: Well Is it just a myth? Oh, no, certainly in the world that I'm in, we, we do. People are really quick to cut down anyone who succeeds. It's, it's quite unfortunate.
2: All right. Uh, Jack Yan, wow. I've been thinking. I would love doing one about IT, but I won't, because I've been thinking lately about Dame Olivia Newton-John, DBE, whose music formed a big yep. part of my childhood. Now, I'm, I'm such a fan. I've seen the trifecta. I've seen Greece, Xanadu, and Tomorrow. Two of those are mega turkeys. I'm sure a lot of you know which ones. I know No, that something, actually. No, Xanadu and Tomorrow we're, were massive flops. And um, I know we've got something a little bit later in the program yeah. about, about her. But I'll give a, f- a few thoughts first. No, the songs were great, especially the ones that John Farrow did with her. Um, they were singable. A lot of other songs aren't. Now, I don't have an ear for lyrics. Uh, I appreciate good lyrics. Um, but I don't have a problem when it's Olivia or when it's Matt Munro or when it's Frank Sinatra or when even when it's Cardi B. Cardi B, um, Cardi yes. B, she's fantastic. Um, deeply popular opinion. I can't make out of love what Su- Elton John says um, in the songs. I love the songs, I love, the, I love the, the music, and I read the lyrics from Bernie and they're fantastic, but when, I, I know, I'm going to get hate mail for this. Um, a lot of modern artists I don't understand, I know can dig these lyrics out on the net, but, you know, you just want to pick them up. And, whoa, whoa, what are you trying and,
0: to say you can 't
2: understand what sir elton john 's saying in his songs yeah i mean what, what he 's what he's saying in i 'm um, still standing I, I get the i 'm still standing uh, something like picking up and going again and, uh, <laughs> it's, what, what is what is the i 'm sorry i 'm sorry sir elton i 'm sorry don't don't send don 't send the lads on me you 're uh, <laughs> asking people to enunciate more in their music I just I just like songs where I can understand what the person 's singing. So I can sing along with them. I th- thought that might be quite a nice appreciation of their work. <laughs> so, <Sorry. laughs> no, no, I'm loving hearing from a
0: real, a, a deep dive fan of Olivia Newton-John because I was a bit of a surface fan. I had the Grease album. Mm. Um, Vic, I don't know about you. Were you a fan?
1: Like you, I engaged with Grease, and that was yep. about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mm. It was there, fantastic. There was, there, there's something about her, there is something, I've been wondering about this, there's something about the outpouring of Olivia Newton-John, which is quite something, isn't it, Jack? It's quite unexplainable, because, let's just face it, she wasn't, in terms of her music, a massive star. No, no, Like but
2: she still saw 100 million records. Oh, did she? Did she? Okay, fair enough.
0: Uh, You're on the panel with me, Wallace Chapman, Jack Yan and Vic McLennan uh, with us this afternoon. A lot to discuss right here on the panel, 4 to 5 RNZ National.